Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Who's Your Band? I'm Jeffrey Paul, and I am sitting here with my co-host, Sean Morton. Hello, How handsome. How are you today? Uh, handsome, you are a kind man. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I have cataracts. <laughs> How have you been, man? It's been a Fantastic. A busy, busy, man. I saw you what, about two, three weeks ago. You were headlining Catch a Rising Star. Yes. And I was saying before the show started, I thought that was maybe one of the best times I've ever seen you perform. Well, I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's a hard, it's hard to, uh, you know, keep the grind going. And, you know, you got to constantly keep your chops up and keep getting better and better and hopefully getting better, unlike my show Sunday, which, ooh. But anyway, that's that's in the past. No, dude. I mean, you took a, an audience that like, I, I, I go see your show, and this audience was like they were just kind of like sitting there, they were just like blobs. And then all of a sudden, man, he turned into this riotous, raucous type of of, of affair, and it, it was really good. If you guys, I hate to say this to him, like while he's sitting here, I really fucking hate saying this. But if you get a chance to see Sean Morton, go see Sean Morton live. He is really Are you a to lot of fun. Pants? <laughs> How much did you pay him for all this? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I've known you a long time. I've never said anything that nice. He was really wow. good. Listen, man, I agree got, with everything. You got to wow. give the guy credit when we are credit is due. And that third voice you heard chiming in—that that golden smog of a voice—that is our it is smog, fog, whatever it is. But smog. smog I've been called many a thing, but smog is that's a first. It's usually that's, ended in G that, too. That throaty, that throaty voice yeah, is. Is our guest for today, man. You know, we are excited to have Mr. Scott Lynch from WDHA FM Radio with us. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Yeah, Thank you very yeah, much. The, uh, the host tonight. of Metal Mania on Friday nights at 11 to 1. Now, if you're not in the Jersey area, you can actually go on iHeartRadio and check them out. And actually, it's what I do when I'm working on Friday nights when I come home for the gig. The, the, all right, I will say this. The bad thing about Scott's radio station, it's the best rock station in the in New Jersey by far if you live within 11 miles of Dover <laughs> because you can't get great reception on the radio there. But it's on iHeartRadio, and anywhere I am in the country, I make sure that I put it on anytime between 11 and 1 on and Friday he, And he always tunes in, especially when I screw up. Yes, I, it does happen I, a lot. I remember the, one of the, like, the last times you called, you're like, oh! And I'm like, you know, really, I can't have a CD just like skip and nobody notices. I, I, I forgot what it was, but you totally. Let me ask you off the bat. Did, didn't Eddie Trunk start on the station? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Years I, ago. I remember listening to the station. Eddie did the show years ago. Matt Murray did this show before me. I know there was somebody else. There was a woman that uh, hosted Metal Mania before I did, uh, before Matt, I think even. And uh, but I think I'm the guy that's hosted it the longest now. I think I'm, go I'm going on 13 years. Wow. 13 years of hosting Metal Mania. Now, yeah. so. and it's tough because we want to always go to concerts on a Friday night. I'm like, hey, <laughs> Scott, can you believe the show? It's Metallica, Slayer, <laughs> Anthrax. That Friday night I take off. <laughs> that Friday night I can take off. But there's so many Friday nights. Like, like I can't tell you how many times I've missed Machine Head on the last couple of years. Like, Machine Head's coming Friday. Well, giving away tickets at least. So. Yeah, exactly. Everybody how, else is happy. Now, how did you get into radio? Did you actually go to school for radio? Or? No. Yeah, you, I, you, I, in, you interned on the on the tour bus, correct? The closest I, I the closest thing I ever got to going to school was being invited to uh, speak to the kids at Seton Hall a couple of years ago, which I thought was one of the coolest things ever. But uh, no, I just uh, I I met Ralph uh, from the tour bus at a live broadcast at the Birchill nightclub. Okay. And I answered a ridiculous 80s metal trivia question about the band The Sleazebees. And he couldn't believe I knew who the hell this band was. Is that why you played it this week? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we just started talking, and uh, I annoyed the hell out of him until he gave me a job. 
Uh, that, was a, that was a nationally syndicated radio show. Yeah, the show tour too. bus was over uh, 40 stations nationwide, and that was uh, I think I the remember first time listening I got to that there. as well. Yeah, it was a great, yeah, it was yeah, a great yeah. rock show. It was, it, dude, we had, I had the best internship you could possibly imagine. My first day talking on the radio was with Peter Steele from Typo Negative. Wow. wow. And how long were you on the, on the tour bus? Tour bus, wow, well, God, it was like oh, a good six years, seven years, I oh, think. Wow. And uh, we, were on, we were on, I mean, I came onto the tour bus. It had to have been at least six, seven years while I was on. And then it continued on uh, without me for a few more years with uh, Ralph and uh, Melissa holsting the show. And Ralph Sutton has now graduated to, uh, he actually built his own radio network called uh, Gas Digital with uh, Luis Gomez. Of course, mm -hmm. of course. And that's where uh, oh. Scott started from. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. It's a small world, man. Small community. Oh, yeah. Everybody, you find out everybody knows each other coming around or going around or whatever. And speaking of community, where did you grow up? Uh, I'm, I'm born in the Bronx, grew up in Bergenfield. So I'm a Jersey boy, North Jersey. You went to high school in Jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bergenfield all the way through. And were you a metal guy? If you, of if you, course. If you, there's going to be a video element. If you look at Scott, there's no way this guy was a disco guy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I basically looked exactly like this with no facial hair and a mullet. Uh, that was that was high school me. I really, 100% metal, like, what was it, found... Kiss. That was the first band. I found Kiss. My buddy lived across the street. Was now a cop. Harry uh, goes, "Dude, you got to hear this band." And it was uh, Kiss. Creatures of the Night. He played War Machine for me. Oh and I wow! Got to hear, it was War Machine wow. and Appetite for Destruction. He had both of those vinyls, and it was the unedited uh, Appetite oh, for Destruction cover. cover. So I was like, "What in the hell is this?" And I heard those first two songs, and it just went on from there. So you, were you was your first band Kiss too? Like when the guy into to, um like hard rock? No, guns. Well, I liked the basic stuff, but it was Appetite for me. It was that. It was the guns first, and roses. That was the first one you heard. Yeah, it was like the first CD I ever bought for myself. Like I heard like Welcome to the Jungle, and I was like, "That's it! Like <laughs> this is everything." And then I just beat that. I actually went through like five Appetite CDs because I wore it out so much. That's insane. When Appetite came out and you heard Welcome to the Jungle for the first time, man, that was like no other song oh, that was on the oh, radio yeah. at that time. Oh, it was insane. And so then that like, video for the first time in MTV, I'm like, what the? You know, that band just came out on stage and just destroyed, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And especially a very, you know, impressionable young age where you're just like soaking in everything from MTV. Oh, yeah. And it was also weird, too, because Axel had the real poofy... Poison hair, exactly. <laughs> which is too. not Axel, that, which right. is very misleading. Absolutely, exactly. And so, so uh, you're, you're in uh, New Jersey, and, yep. you're, and you're you're listening to Kiss. And so, who who? How do you go from a like, Kiss? You know, the, the, what would you say the album was? Um, Creatures and Creatures and, and Creatures Night. Yes. They still had the makeup, right? It was just switching over from yeah. makeup to no makeup on right. that record. Okay, and then when you go from Kiss to who your band is? Oh, well, I mean, to, I mean, from Kiss to Pantera, I mean, those two bands, I mean, are, are very well connected. Pantera loved Kiss. That's true. That's they were true. huge Kiss that's fans. True. I think uh, uh, Dimebag, that was like his big influence was, He's buried was in Kiss. He's in a Kiss casket. Correct. You are right, sir. I, I got a great story about Dime meeting him one night, but uh, with the whole Kiss, I mean, to go from Kiss, I think like a lot of metalheads or rock, rock fans, Kiss is like that first band, especially sure. it was my first ar band. around, you know, my age group or whatever. Like Kiss was that band that you saw because they had everything. They had the makeup, they had the fire, you know, the huge stage and all the craziness. And then, you know, between that and MTV, just, you know, it progressed. You know, then you find Motley Crue, then you find Poison and all these 80s rock bands. And then it was Metallica, then my friends listening to Cannibal Corpse and Deicide and then Pantera. It was like my, the music went from like, Rock and roll to extreme metal to Pantera, and then I was like, "Well, this this is this is the band, man. Yeah, this I, is it." I always say, "Well, for 
we've been friends though, probably about like 10 years or so, but Even close to longer, 10 years. man. But uh, I would always run into Scott <laughs> at every metal show. So we have a great metal. We had a where'd great you metal go, scene. Where did you guys go? Well, we would always be at the Bird Show back when the Bird okay. Show was open. Right, right. And it was always my I was with my one friend Joel. It's not open anymore. Now they closed. No, they, they closed, closed it down. Ago. It's an old age home now. now. You know, now oh, Star- get out of here! Yeah. yeah, it's a retirement home. <laughs> now Starland is the big is the big place. But we would always see this guy with the long hair <laughs> and glasses, with no goatee, and he would have his hand on his head, and he would be headbanging by himself. And for years, we were like. Girls love that, by the way. I was like, who is this hot chick? (laughs) In the front. But then we met through a mutual friend, and, like, you know, we hit it off talking about music and stuff like that. But we we grew up in in a great area because we would go to to places like the Birch Hill, and it was either bands that were coming on the way up or bands that were kind of fizzling a little bit. Who'd you see on the way up? I love finding, like, yeah, we... I mean, I I can remember seeing Corn Stained... Holy uh, shit. System of a Down playing yep. there. Wow. Dude, System of a Down opening up for Slayer at the Birchill. Yep. Oh, my I was at that God. Show, at the Birchill. Holy that was sm- 2,000 wait, people, maybe. Wait, wait what, what year is this about? 90s. 97, maybe? You'd, you'd have to look up the first uh, System of a Down 97, album. 97, I would say. Slayer was doing the uh, covers album. Yep. And they were, you know, kind of like chilling right where they were. And System was just starting to gain momentum. And I remember seeing them just tear up Birchill and after the show, the guys were just hanging out after the show because, you know, they're, they're a new band, you know? And they were just hanging out and just talking, drinking beers, totally cool dudes. I'm like, hope I get to see you guys again. Didn't realize the next time I'd see them, I'd be in, like, you know, the 200 section of a stadium. You right, know? Exactly. Right. I didn't they, think they, it was going to get like that. They just took off. But, like, Stained opened up for, like, every band, every tour for, like, yep. two years on that first album. So I saw them there probably ten times. But it was all these amazing, amazing rock bands and, uh, you know, I don't think we ever saw Pantera. Pantera never played there unless no. they did it on the, no, on the, glam, know, and the glam side. But. I know people have told me about Pantera uh, concerts and tours before, you know, I want to say that, you know, like they started to like really, you know, make it or really get, you know, developed. Uh, like the Cowboys from Hell tour, I know people that saw them playing like little tiny clubs on Cowboys from Hell. Well, they were opening for Skid Row on that tour. No, no, that was uh, Vulgar. Was it vulgar? That was the vulgar tour when they were opening up for Skid Row. That was my first uh, Pantera show, was Skid Row. Pantera opening up for Skid Row, Meadowlands parking lot. The amphitheater in the Meadowlands parking lot. What a weird show. Uh, Skid Row and Pantera. And that wasn't even with with Sebastian at that point. Oh, no, no, it was with Sebastian. but it was the Human Race album. No, no, it was uh, Slave to the Grind. Oh, that's right. Slave to the Grind. That's the second album. Yeah, yes. Right. Phenomenal. It's a heavy record. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it, was, it has quick, quick, uh, quick saying Jesus yep. and, and slave to and, and was monkey business on that one too. Yep. That's one. I can remember being in sophomore year of high school and just popping that, popping that cassette in mm. with my Walkman for the first time. And monkey business is, is track one on side one. And as soon as he hits that high note, I went, <laughs> "Holy shit!" <laughs> like I never heard anything like that kind of scream before. But, but I, you know, talk, we're going to go back to Pantera, and this is my theory, and a lot of people look at me funny when I say this, and I always say that there's godfathers of metal, okay? And obviously, Sabbath is the first, right? No one can ever deny that. I, I'd go back further and say Zeppelin, but 
I say uh, Zeppelin create. I Ze- think Zeppelin Ze- Ze- and then Ze- Black Sabbath. Wait, as, as as metal? Yeah. I would never see. That's where we disagree here, Louis. You know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they're more of a bluesy, I, hard rock. Sabbath had you know bluesy, but yeah. they started like metal, like you know, like a, a little heavier, like a little, little more, you know, of those like more powerful. Oh no! Right? Listen, I I one hundred percent Black Sabbath is, but I just think there was Led Zeppelin just had that little bit before, and then Black Sabbath. Took the ball and ran with it. If you okay, you know, I go Black Sabbath, and then I say the next big trend was about six years later when you start with the Maiden and Judas Priest. Oh yeah, right. And then I go the next big one is Metallica. And even though it's considered a thrash band, I still think that they're the next. Oh yeah, the next line. But after that, it's Pantera. One hundred percent. Well, they they, like when we are who's the. Two weeks, two shows ago, mm-hmm. uh, we had what's his name, uh, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Who's his band? Deftones. Okay, Deftones. Okay, I think Pantera is the heavy metal band of the nineties. Yes. No question. Okay, yeah, just, oh yeah. just like I thought, Corn and uh, and my favorite Rage was like the the, the rock 90s, metal you know, of of the of the nineties. But Pantera was different than those guys. They oh, were straight off metal. Yeah, and the only band that's even come close, and it's one of our favorite bands too, is and they've just they're just like hovering under that level as Machine Head. But I think it still stops at Pantera. There, I don't think there there's any major. I don't think there's any Pantera. major metal band that's come out that's taken it to that level since, since Pantera. Since Pantera, there's a couple that have come close. I mean, I think Lamb of God, definitely. What like? Well, they're I a great band, but again, not, not on the level. I mean, Pantera could, you know, would headline uh, the the you know the uh, arena, right? The but I'm Burr saying, arena. well, I mean, metal Lamb of God then never came to compared that. the way metal music was coming out. Then compared to now when you had MTV and you had, uh, you know, major, you know, airplay and a lot of promotion going behind a record where now it's like it's promoted up to the release date. And once it's out, it's kind of like, there you go. There's your record. It's very different, you know, from when Pantera was uh, growing and turning into what they became. And now Lamb of God, like trying to come up the same way. They just have that, they have that groove. They got that bit of a Southern thing to them. And I, I just think that I'm hoping with their new record that, I mean, Slayer, you know, hung the hat and they're like, who's next? Did you see that Lamb of God is, is touring now? Yeah. yeah. They just want to, it's going on sale with uh, Lamb of God Megadeth. That's right. In flames. I can't wait to see in flames. I know. Trivium. And where, where are they playing? What kind of Night Guard Center. On a PNC. Saturday. Okay, that's a, that's a good spot for them. It's going to be yeah, great. That could, yeah, yeah. You, you need two big bands to fill that show. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Because Megadeth, I don't know if it's going to do that show by themselves and, and come anywhere near selling that place out. Lamb of God adds the little push. Yeah. Right. And then Trivium and In Flames are just two great support bands for them. But. That's going to be one of my top shows of the summer. I can't so wait. When you go back to Pantera, like Pantera actually started out as like a glam band. I don't know if you were aware of that or that not. Before Phil was in the band. Yes. Before Phil was in the band. Right. They had four albums, I think, right? Uh, three or four. Three yeah. or four albums. And they go from power and they, metal. And, and their name wasn't just Pantera. They, they came, it was Pantera something else. No, no, no just, it was always no, Pantera. No, no, before, before Phil was in the band, when they first came out, look at their first album, it was Pantera and had a different name. It said power metal underneath. It wouldn't say power. Metal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. And, and then they wound up having to shorten it because it was just easier to say Pantera instead of this other name. I, it, it, the, the, the rest of the name escaped. Now me. I got to now I got to go yeah, and Google search this. So <laughs> they go check they, this out. So they go from from power metal, which is you know in theory it's not a bad record. Okay, no, it's I'm, not a bad record. It's just not 
who they were. Uh, and you go into Cowboys from Hell. <clears throat> and that was a sound that just completely changed the way metal sounded. So I didn't get into Pantera until Vulgar because I think I was a little too young and the video for Cemetery Gates used to creep me out. It was a very <laughs> creepy video. But it used to creep me out at one o'clock in the morning watching Headbangers Ball. I'm like, ah. The song is a creepy song. It's a great well, song. It was, it was on, a, an awesome it was on a soundtrack too, wasn't it? I think that's what got him to push. I forgot what, what movie it was on. But it, it was, was on, uh, oh, uh, Tales, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, yeah, it was like a horror movie. Demon Knight. Demon Knight, yeah. Demon Knight, Machine Head's on that soundtrack, okay. too. So they go from that, and, and they start really breaking out, and then Vulgar Display of Power comes out. And now, if you look back, and that's probably, what, almost 30 years at this point, about 28 yeah. years since that album came out, and I think people still consider it one of the top five metal albums oh, of yeah. all time. It's always up there in the, like, you know, the top ten. There's, there's not one bad song right. on that record, you know? And then they go from that, to my favorite mine mine too far beyond driven it's the first metal album to ever debut at number one on billboard top 200 i waited outside tower records new york city on release day to meet pantera that day i <clears throat> this is back when uh tower records used to have the the store in the village of course and they used to do autograph signings there all the time went for anthrax kiss but Pantera, that was the first time I had ever gone down there, and I was just freaking out, standing in line, losing my freaking mind, and I just couldn't wait to, like, have that out. You know, this was before the internet, and you, you couldn't, you know, you heard what was on TV or the radio, and that was it. Those were great times. That was great, because oh, yeah. it was the so anticipation so of getting simpler. the record. Simple, but I was so excited to, to have the physical yes. album in your hand, and, like, 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 it's great when you could just download something now in 30 seconds, you get it. Mm -hmm. But it didn't, it, but nothing beat it the anticipation of opening up, sure. smelling it. it. Sometimes it had a poster in yep. it. Sometimes it had the lyric sheet. That was, I always found I that very exciting. I hated when they didn't put the freaking lyrics in because, you know, I mean, you just be singing along and then finally find the lyrics and you go, oh, crap, I That's was totally off. I am not even close to the And we're big vinyl collectors too, Scott is as well as I am. But it is a different feeling. I mean, because I, I love, first of all, the hunt of trying to find stuff that you like because they're doing all of these reissues now but for me as far as a music collector goes it's tough for me because the stuff that i really want comes from between 1989 and 93 when they stopped when making, they vinyl. Stopped making <laughs> vinyl and a oh, lot you of should it is know me back then well a lot of it's <laughs> I like, had everything I, own, I i used to own a record store really that's how i put myself oh, through college no way yeah. which one i own a store in staten island called first time records i was 20 years old when i opened it my dad gave me money i had money saved up for a car and to go to spring break in florida my father gave me some money to start it and my parents helped me run it and that's how I put myself through school. And from that, I was able to get a job working for CBS Records, working in the A&R department, doing, being the go-between between the artists and the uh, accounting department. That's Look awesome. That. That's awesome. I just found out about that. I know this guy for years. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wow. great gig, man. Yeah, that had, is a great gig. I had Twisted Sister come down and do an autograph signing. That's awesome, See, I don't know if I can show you this picture, Sean. Because there's a picture of me, okay, I have like almost like a flock of seagulls type of haircut. That should be on the screen right now. With, with, with a Jeremy, what's the porn star? Ron Jeremy mustache. Oh, just, please. Just, just a mustache. Please let me see that picture. With an open shirt. Don't you oh, have somebody here to search the internet and pop that up right there, right now? You would take out both of these guys I might. for the love of God. I might. I didn't know that. That's pretty what cool, What if you man. find this? Please. <laughs> but I agree, man. It's like for me now, it's, it's it's not even so much of a nostalgia thing going to record shopping. It's just my preferred way of 
relaxing, chilling. It's 100%. a hobby. You know, I go totally out when we're on the, when I'm on the road. I have cool. an app that's it's called uh, uh, the Vinyl District or something to that effect. And you just put your address in and it tells you every record store within miles of there. I travel all over. I, I grab records all the time. It's the ripping it open. It's the smelling it. It's the see the pictures on the inside. You can't look at that on your phone. The phone's great when you're in a car. It's not the same. It's not, it's the, not same. the same. But I actually wound up buying the whole uh, Pantera box set. Yeah, oh, vinyl. yeah. I remember that. And I there was one special seven-inch inside that box set, and I gave it to a very special sweet boy. And, and the he, label tear, tore off already. Did it really? <laughs> oh, you dick. Sweet boy. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at that vinyl box set. I'm like, I need, I have all, but I need it, but I have them all already. Yeah. And it's the only thing that was in the box set I could get. Maybe you guys know this better than I do, but how, how did... How did Pantera find Phil to 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 take over the vocals? Uh, VH1 audition? behind the music definitely covered it way better than I could right now. I really <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I think it was just you know jamming out and hanging out that they uh, had had met him and just figured you know this is gonna work. I totally forget, but I'm just happy it happened because. That just Pantera just it just put me down the road of oh, heavier yeah. and more heavier music and and that was one thing about about them too is like you hear the progression of how heavy they were from Cowboys that went to Vulgar and then Far Beyond Driven is a heavy heavy album it's nuts. I mean Five Minutes Alone and I'm Broken are two of the greatest metal songs ever written Becoming and Becoming Becoming too. is yeah, the gr like the greatest riff I love that's the song Driving. I'm I'm speeding and then every they, time. And then they take off. Like and then now they're like they're the biggest metal band out there. And they actually did something that I think a lot of their fans were kind of taken back by a little bit. They put out this album, The Great Southern Trend Kill. Which was even heavier. Got heavier. <laughs> so a lot of bands get really heavy and they trail off a little bit. And they just got twice as heavy on this album. And some of the fans were like, This is this is a little much. Like it was very, very heavy. I will never forget. Again, prior to the internet, buying that album, getting it home, and I remember one of my friends like left me a message like, "Dude, wait till you hear the first few five seconds." And you popped in and just you just hear Phil go, ah, and just that scream let out. I was like, "What in the?" Yeah. You know, just again, just blown away by that record. Yeah, and that was the tour. I actually that tour, I saw them five times in eight days. I think that was the tour they three nights at Hammerstein Ballroom. I've just that got were postponed, you. and then they had to read. How, re how many times have you seen Pantera? Oh God, the first four are the ones that I always remember. The first four, the last show. I, I, what I, was the last show you saw? The last show was their final tour with Slayer and Static X and Scrape. At when, uh, when was that? Do you know? Oh God, I couldn't tell you the year off the top of my head. I, I just remember. Was, be on the reinventing the steel. Yeah, it was right. reinventing the steel. Pantera headlined over Slayer, Static X, Scrape, and it was at Nassau Coliseum. That was the last time so I saw him. That was a great place to see shows. That was nuts. I, it was one of the one of the better Pantera's uh, shows I saw. Was them with uh, Typo Negative, and I think Prong was on that bill as well, if I remember correctly, at Nassau Coliseum. Now in this room right now is going to be a little sacrilege, but I was never really a huge Pantera fan. I was, you know, around that same time, I was still into like Maiden. Mm. Uh, I was into. I loved Motley Crue. I, dude, uh, so I, did I. I, 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 lo I love that. You know, I, I, I only saw them once. And I was working the show. With Black Sabbath. No. no. White Zombie. Exactly. Oh, I was gonna say the zombie it was White Zombie and one. one other band. Deftones. 
That was it. They opened that up. Was, we talked about that on Singer, the first show. Yeah, Singer lost his shoe at the show. That, that was Somebody that. took his shoe when he but, jumped so, in the audience. But this is the also, also the thing. Pantera, because we're all backstage, mm-hmm. and we can't leave until the band leaves. Okay? What time do you think Pantera finally left the arena? 2.30. 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, we talked about this because I was drinking yeah. with Dimebag in the parking lot at 2 o'clock in the, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. That's right. That's right. We, we did discuss this. Right. And, and they, they trashed the place and had to spend a couple thousand dollars oh, yeah. you know, to, to, to make but good. But that's back when they made a couple thousand dollars and went, so what? You exactly. trash a hotel. You trash an arena. Here's a couple grand. Don't worry. And they were good, but I, I also loved White Zombie, though. Oh, dude, that was a great show. I was right up in front on the railing all night for that one. Were you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right up against nice. the railing, singing right at Sean from White Zombie because that new song from uh, Escape from L.A. was mm-hmm. uh, just came out. I remember, pick right at me. I'm like, yes. Just, oh, yeah. Because she was the only chick in metal. It was like oh, yeah. her and there was like uh, Kitty and Drain STH were like the only like females in like heavy metal other than like Doro and Lita Ford from wait, the wait, 80s. Wait, Vixen is in a heavy metal band? We cut them too. Well, really? Yeah, well, I, you could, could, could but I'm saying, like, metal. as far as like music that I really, you know, heavier music that I liked, yeah. and she was just up on stage and just throwing down, and, and then Pantera. That was just a great night. It was another great night. Yeah, <laughs> it actually, just, really was. I never saw a Pantera show and went, meh. You know, like I, I never walked out of them went, eh, it could have been better. You know, it, it, I always walked out of there going, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. black and blue across my ribs from being pressed against the. Uh, the, the guardrail, shirt torn, cracked a guy in the head at, at Asbury Park for just trying to start a fight with me for no good reason. I'm like, I just want to see a show. And, and that was when they were touring with Machine Head and Cold Chamber. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's when that, I saw them the five times. That uh, was when, what, what, Timeline. What, what so year is that about? So that's reinventing. That's uh, Trend Kill, which is probably 98. 99? No, 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 no. That's 95 or 96, because they ended up they ended up in, like, 98, 99. Okay. So they put out Remain the Steel, and that was it. Yes. Yeah, so it was, like, 95, 96. And then they just kind of fell off, right? They, they, there well, was, like, a, a dispute between... The uh, problem, what happened was the, there was the dispute between the Abbott brothers and Phil were having their their differences. They took some time apart. Uh, and Phil I think had that, some problems at the time. Oh, yeah. Phil, Phil was we, having a lot of problems, you know. He was dealing with his own personal demons right. and whatnot. But it seemed it's like heroin. Would you say that? <laughs> hey, listen. Thank, I, thank you. I'm listening. <laughs> thank you, Paul, in the China closet. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I wasn't there. That's why I'm just like, I don't know. I just know we had his thing going on, and the brothers went their way. Phil, I think that's when he did the down the record. Down, yeah. And then they came back for reinventing the steel. But that record was recorded, and they weren't even in the same room for it. Right. When they did reinventing the steel, like Phil was tracking one place, and the uh, the the brothers were tracking uh, somewhere else, and they and were what, just what band did they start again? Damage Plan. Damage Plan. Yeah. That, that, and and that was right. That and was then, the band I mean, that were when when Dimebag uh, right, got he, killed. He, yeah. that, that was in Ohio. Correct. And uh, yeah, in Col- around Columbus, I believe. I don't Columbus remember. Where where Columbus or Akron. And, and Phil it, started yeah. a band called Down, like what Scott was saying. Down, if you ever heard it, is. That album is that, is that debut record turns twenty five years old. This yeah, year. it's a ma- it's a it's a masterpiece. It's it's fantastic. It's sludgy. It's 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 stoner rock. It's just really gritty and grindy. I mean, that has Hail the Leaf. So much Stone great, Crow, so much great music on that one. Wings. These are you've heard all these songs and you have no idea that it's a singer from Pantera. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's just one of those bands that never really made it super huge, but they put out I think three albums at this point, right, or four. 
Uh, uh, there was three full lengths and then two EPs, and two EPs if I remember yeah. correctly. And they're actually coming back on the 25th anniversary tour now. With Phil and Dan? With Phil singing, and it's uh, Pepper Keenan from uh, Corrosion of Conformity. Oh, wow. Plays in there, too. And then the brother, uh, the drummer, he started Hell Yeah, right? Well, that was it, after Damage Plan. After, right. after Daryl was... Uh, was killed and uh, you know Pantera was 100% never going to be never back together. Uh, yeah, Vinny got together with the singer from Mudvayne and started uh, uh, Hell Yeah. Right, right. And he got a couple of uh, his other buddies. It was the ba- uh, the bass player from Damage Plan was in there. They at the always time sounded started. really good. I thought it was like, that was a great yeah. band. Great, Loved great band. Yeah. I got to see Vinny uh, the year before uh, the year that he passed away. It was a few months earlier. We were in Vegas. I got to go to Vegas to do this radio thing and. Vinnie Paul ends up hanging out at this thing, and I'm just like, holy crap, Vinnie Paul's here. Yeah. And I'm just getting to just talk to him for like a few minutes and just tell him, you know, just say thank you and just say hi. Cause I'm just, I am, I'm 100% full on fanboy. And like, yeah. they're, they're, you know, like, I'm like, I gotta keep it together. I'm a radio guy, Vinnie Paul. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, 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 did, I did the same thing with him too when I met him out in San Bernardino, <laughs> but it was like, kind of like a weird interaction because it was obviously after Dimebag had died, right? And he's doing, they're doing a signing at the, at the show that we're doing. Oh, this God. is hell yeah. Yeah, this is hell yeah. So okay. they're, standing, they're standing there, I buy the record, I'm getting it signed. And I woke up to him, he's like, what's up, man? I go, you know, I got a problem with you. And it's, his face turned really quick. And, I'm, and I, as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, I should not have said that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, now he's got the bulletproof vest on shit, but he had a Cowboys jersey on. So I'm like, I'm from Jersey and I don't like the Cowboys. He goes, that's the problem. I said, yeah. He goes, well, you got you got no problems in your life, brother. It's all cool. <laughs> I'm like, just a dude, dude, so Vinny, nice, man. So nice. Did, did you, did you say, I'm sorry. Did you say you also met uh, Dimebag? I I I had the pleasure of meeting all of Pantera. Tell us about that. I, that I, I it happened a couple of times. I mean, like I did the record signing. Mm-hmm. You know, you this, know now, was this for work or was this? No, this is all just me being a fanboy and sneaking around backstage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the first time I met him was at the record signing. They were all nice as hell. You've seen my big wall of Pantera that is uh, hanging in my office. My poster from that day that I got to meet them all. But uh, they did. Uh, Maybe a week or two weeks later, it was uh, two nights in a row, Pantera, Far Beyond Driven, Roseland Ballroom, got tickets for both nights. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm like I'm, there's no way I'm picking great, one night. Great, great venue also. Oh, oh it's amazing. amazing. Miss Roseland. Venues, right? So much. Oh, so, so many Nirvana good shows there. there. <sighs> yes. Yeah. So, so did I. I snuck into that show. <laughs> I was 17. I yeah. snuck into that show. I caught like the last four songs. I think that was the last time they ever played in New York, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. So... We're at the New York show, saw it the first night. The second night, I bring a cutout of Gene Simmons that I've had hanging in my room. It's like a cardboard cutout of just like Gene about yay tall and a Kiss t-shirt. And I'm like, I just want to wait backstage I, I, by the door and give these to Dime. Uh, that's all I want to do is give him the Dime. Just, I just want to give him a gift. And, and do you look like this at the time? With no facial hair and just the mullet starting to come out a little bit, and you know. forty pounds less. Yeah, <laughs> forty. God bless you. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. And uh, I'm just waiting at the backstage door, and people are coming in and out. I see Big Val, the security dude. He's yep. like, "What's up?" I'm like, "What's up, man?" Big Val. And Dime comes darting out, and he jumps into a van. And I was just like, "Dude, I got some for you." He's like, "What's that, man?" And I like hand it to him through the window, and he's like. Whoa, yes! In there with this old Gene Simmons cut. He's like, yo, this is badass, man, thanks. And the van takes off, and I'm like, well, I still got this T-shirt. I'm like, fuck, I wanted to give him the shirt. And Big Val sees us, me and my buddy that were out there, and uh, he's like, you guys are still waiting? I go, well, I, I wanted to give him the shirt, but, you know, he took off. He goes, come in here. 
brings us in the backstage, whoosh, two VIP passes for the night. There's and nothing he goes, better than a, a security guard that gets it. Yeah, right? yeah like who, who knows? Like you're not a dick. Yeah. you're just like you're there because you really appreciate the band. And Val was great. He was just a good dude. I mean, this guy was torn with them for years. Yeah. And Ernie just whips him out. and He goes, "Hang on after the show. Give him the T-shirt." And I'm like, "This is freaking great. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna freaking be Pantera." And he goes, "Oh, you get to sit up on the side stage tonight too." I'm like, "What?" Oh, I'm God. up on the side stage. I'm like three songs in, and I'm like, "Oh hell no!" And I just dive <laughs> off the stage right into the audience, into the pit. I'm like, "Oh, I'm losing it. I'm just, you know, That's just awesome. completely hyped up." And at the end of the night, sweaty, beaten up, had a great time. And uh, got to go Needless back to there say, and just... No, no girlfriend at the time. No. Uh, <laughs> not at all. No. Not, a, not one. Because, listen, I didn't need a girlfriend, man. I had Pantera and all my friends going, you made Pantera? What? I'm like, dude, it was great. And we went back after the show and just, like, we hung out. I remember giving Dime the shirt. And he's like, dude... There's beer over there. There's hard liquor over there. Help yourself, man. Hang Was out. Have a good time. You know, I, I couldn't tie. Because you know he had a pool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shaked in, I, in a, I know he loved bottle. his crown. I know he loved his crown. But all I remember is... And when he died, there was, they said there was like bottles and bottles, bottles that mm -hmm. filled up the casket. I just remember cracking open a beer and just being like, I'm not old enough to drink this and I'm hanging out with Pantera. This is freaking awesome. Yeah, you right? know? And it was, just, it, it was a great night. It was, you know, one of those things I'll never forget. I, I mean, the, the first time I ever met Vinnie Paul... It was even before the, the autograph signing. I met Vinnie Paul at Roseland, Infectious Groove Suicidal Tendencies show. Oh, wow. Pantera was playing the next night, and it sold out. I couldn't get tickets. So it was completely sold out. Pantera Crowbar. Couldn't get tickets, so I went to go see Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves, and we're leaving the show, and somebody goes, dude, that's Vinnie Paul. I'm like, what? I walk up, and I just go, hey, man, how you doing? My name's Scott. I just wanted to say hi. We wanted to come and see you tomorrow night. Wait, you didn't walk up to him and say, hey, man, I have a problem with you. No, no, no. no, no. I, yeah, I walked up and went, you son of a... No, I just went up and, you know, again, just, you know, freaking out that, holy crap, this is Vinnie Paul. And I'm like, I, I just wanted to say hi. I go, I wanted to, you know, buy tickets to see you tomorrow night, but you sold out too quick. I go, I, you know, hopefully the next time around, this is still on uh, the Vulgar tour. Right. And he goes, what's your name? Scott, what's your last name? Pulls out a little pad out of his pocket, writes it down. He goes, come to the guest window tomorrow night. Tell him you're on my list. And I'm like, he goes, just don't blow it up and don't tell nobody. I'm like, no way. I go running back. My friend Jill is with me. And I look at her and I go, dude, Vinnie Paul just gave me a pair of tickets so we can come back here tomorrow night. She goes, I want a pair of tickets too. Runs up to him. He goes, I want tickets. And he looks at me. I'm like, I don't know her. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I hate that. And, and, and did he leave the, the tickets? Ne the next night we came back for the Pantera show, went up and oh. I was like, uh, Vinnie Paul said I'm on his guest list tonight. And she's like, here you go, pair of tickets. And I'm like, oh. you know, just head exploded. See, like that cemented me as a Pantera fan. That's the essence of this show. That, yeah. Hearing a story like that, like that's something that him, him and I could never experience. That's a great interaction with that band. It, well, you'll experience shit. that. When I, when I play Madison Square Garden, <laughs> and I'll say, Jeffrey I'm, Paul. I'm busy that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to be on my guest list. No, I, I, I got to get the grizzly pad that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So now, now, that's the uh, Volga. That we went from the Volga tour. We went through uh, up to... I, I, I totally went show. backwards. Yeah, I, went, no, no, I went to. I, I started with a. Uh, it's a great story, though. So we go, up to, we go up to Trend Kill, and that's what they they trail off. After a while, they do the down. They do. They did. They do Damage Plan in between. No, that? no. That damage was plan, damage plan was right? after everything. After Pantera was done, and that was uh, mm -hmm. that was uh, the brothers' uh, response to uh, down. 
Right. That was them like, because I love the name Damage Plan was like, you know, the, you know that's a great was, name. Yeah. That was the whole, you know, response to, you know, not having Phil in the band anymore. And it was cool because like you, they go from playing these huge arenas now and then Damage Plan, it happens when you have these big bands and they start a new band. They never really start off at the top again. They're playing these smaller places. So right, I think right. they were playing like the whole Starland, uh, the smaller. The only time I saw them scene. was at Starland Ballroom with Shadows Hall. It was Shadows Fall and uh, Damage Plan on a co-headliner tour. That's another band that should have just been so much bigger than they were. Dude, they keep talking that they're going to be coming back and doing some sort of a reunion, anniversary, tour, concert, something. Did you ever hear them, Shadows Fall? I have, but here's the problem with with with, with that is, and I mean, Scott probably knows better than we do, is, is like, where's the outlet where you're going to play this new music? Well, he, locally here, we have, uh, we got SWSOU. You know what I mean? Guys in the hall. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? We have WSOU, which is the, <laughs> the hard rock station from Seton Hall. Right, right. And I they, know that uh, station. They're the, main, they're the major heavy metal hard rock station. But, but it reaches a very small audience. I mean, you talk, you talk about yeah. wanting to blow up. I mean, yeah, you, you can play a uh, stall in, ballroom, or, you know, you know a, a venue that seats 1,500 but we're talking about being able to play a PNC, like like, like a Megadeth can't play PNC by themselves. It, it, it's like it, 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 listen, it, it, every it, band, like, every band's got to start somewhere. Every band has that nucleus, that beginning. I mean, where does a new metal band start? Like, like who's where's the outlet? Well, that's to the problem. Is a new metal band now? If you don't hit right away, you're done. Right. There is no like you used to have like there was a build. I mean, there are bands that you know came out. I mean, listen, Metallica was always a big band. But when the black record came out, you remember that video on MTV. Oh, Everybody yeah. saw that video. First, you had uh, one, by and then the, the black yeah, album by the time came the out. The black album came out. No, they were already a big band. They were a big band. But then when the Black Album came out, it exploded, and then everybody went back and started buying the old records. Yeah, and exactly. The, you exactly. Know, like, I think Volbeat is a good uh, 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 example. Example. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. That's a complicated. Did I ever mention I do this like part time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you look at a band like Volbeat that I I saw them opening up for some like Euro power metal band. Volbeat was opening up. I'm like, wait, they're the opener. And I saw I'm them like, open for Metallica in Vegas. You saw them with with Metallica, and that's a band that I've seen go from playing to 1500 to Giant Stadium. That's like one of the few. Yeah. Well, that's what, like one of the last bands I've seen. You know, get Volbeat to go from the small to can't the, play a stadium. You're um, correct, but yeah, not yet, not but yet. But they're on the they they got their own headlining summer tour. Yeah, they're going to be doing a clutch. It's another huge band. But again, again you need that other band. And, yeah, and they're going to be lucky if they they, yeah. they sell out. I mean, at this point, you have, you have to do a lot of these. A lot of these bands have to do combo, almost co-headline shows well, or festivals. But you do it also from a from a financial point of view. That if sure. you do a co-headliner, and like like two bands like Clutch and Volbeat. You're bringing your audiences together. A Clutch fan might not know Volbeat and vice versa, and they're going to hear a new band. And, you know, you put bands like that together. Like, one of my favorite shows of the summer is going to be uh, uh, the Deftones Gojira because I think it's so completely polarizing audiences. Yeah. And then you got this new band, Puppy, if you haven't heard of Poppy, Poppy. excuse me. Uh, there is a band called Puppy, too, if you haven't checked them out. Listen. But uh, this Poppy band is so freaking weird. 
and then you got Gojira that is going to absolutely level the place, and then Deftones, you don't know what they're going to play. You don't know if they're going to play the heavy stuff, the lighter stuff. You don't, you know, it's a great uh, mix of music this summer. You know, and it, every band you can think of is on freaking tour. Oh, oh this summer, we, yeah. We've been talking about that. I, this I've, is I've got nine pairs of tickets already. <laughs> There's concert. not one Sean band. Post, Sean posted something, and I, I was going to be like, yeah, me too. I was, but he posted something about all the shows he's going to say, mm -hmm. and then I'm looking at, at my calendar, and it's like, dude, I'm right up there with you. We're, we're probably going to cross... Yeah, yeah we're going to be at a shows. few shows, but it's it showing how much better seats, though. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> he already bought them all. <laughs> you know what it is? You're right, though. It, it is hard for these new bands to really break out. And, and you know it from the business point of view, too, is that, you know, I don't know if they tell you to play certain stuff, but you you have a great gig on your, on your show because mm -hmm. Scott plays the stuff we want to listen to. So if you picture like us just going in a car and you're like, we're going to drive two hours. I'm going to make the playlist. That's what he plays. <laughs> and it's awesome. Cause I know I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to hear a Pantera song, typo negative life of agony, Ozzy, Black Slayer. Animal Society, Slayer. I'm going to hear that every Friday night. So it's really cool. But like, I love the fact that he likes to, he, um, he will play newer stuff too. And there's always like a band every once in a while. He'll text me, go, have you heard of this band? And I'm like, never did. And I'll listen to it. I'm like, wow, that's really good. And the first person I actually, um, you actually introduced me to was Bad Wolves. So oh, it's I a, like Bad Wolves. It's a new band. But yeah, that's, I like them. And that's yeah. a great example of a band breaking out. And they broke out in a weird way with the first song as a cover. Right. And there was a whole backstory to the cover, too. Like uh, the zombie from the Cranberries they covered. And they were supposed to record with Dolores O'Rourke. Uh, doing a vocal part, and she died the day before they were recording. Oh, it. Yeah, and they yeah. donated all the money to, like, I think to her. Instead fan, of the song coming out as a, as a, uh, uh, you know, the two of them as together a as a duet, it came out as a tribute. Right. And it, uh, but I mean, like, you know, I mean, Tommy Vex just on his own has an amazing story, right? To be told, like, if if you've seen the, the movie, oh, you've seen the movie Rockstar, of course. Okay, uh, Tommy. In Ve fact, I just did uh, uh, our next show. We have uh, Don Jameson coming in. I was on his show last week, and uh, Ripper was uh, also on the oh, show. Oh no way! Yeah, he's a cool dude. I like. Oh, him. I like on Jameson show. Yeah, 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 I saw that. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, I, I would say that Tommy Vex would be the same kind of a story, but modernized. I mean, that the guy just had so many different bands. Uh, Vex Drugs, alone was a great band. Vex was awesome. And then uh, what was the band with uh, the guitarist? I just, uh, uh, Divine Heresy from uh, Dino from uh, Fear Factory. I didn't hear that band. Uh, I never heard that band. He had Vex, he had Divine Heresy. And then, you know, he was bouncing around. He had another band and then, you know, Bad Wolf started. But the everything that's gone on in that guy's personal life to get him to where he is and where that band is, is just an, like, I don't want to ruin it because I don't tell. I won't tell the story. Well, I won't give it. I won't give it the proper uh, uh, dues. So you definitely need to go and check out Tommy Vax. I mean, he's just got a great story, and I love seeing him and that band because he's a local guy too. He was a New York, New Jersey guy, and you know, moved out to California. And you know, Bad Wolves is like this big band that's still, again still coming up. Yeah, they they have a long way to go, but they they it's hit great the, they to hit see the, it. They hit the ground running, and like now it's. They're not the opening band. They're like the band above that. So if they're to play New York, where are they playing? By themselves? Yeah. Irving Plaza? Okay. Yeah, Starland Ballroom, Starland, Irving Plaza. But they could probably do Starland by themselves. But they're maybe Gramercy? They're, yeah, yeah, they're going to be... They they're gonna be a little big for Gramercy at this point. But they're going to be out this summer. Uh, I think that was the last place I saw them uh, headlining. They're on uh, the Disturbed Stain Tour. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be, be a show. DHA's Rock the Park this summer. I'm yes, looking forward I will to be that there. One. I have my I'm tickets already. I'm looking forward to that, man. <laughs> I, I once went to one of those. DHA, rock the Park? Yes, it was. Wait, was it the Twisted Sister one going way back to no, uh, no, Montclair? No. Montclair? Uh, 
Tell me this isn't a weird show. There were four bands. I forgot who one was. One was Theory of a... Theory of a Dead Man. Man. Theory of a Dead Man. Cheap Trick. And their headliner was uh, Quiet Riot. Is that the weirdest show you've ever heard? I, I th- this had to be like the year before I started, I think, because yeah. I don't remember that's that long, one. I love it, though. <laughs> it was... 2004 or 2005. I'm going to say 2005. I don't remember that one. Well, theory, you know, when Theory came out, they were a hard-hitting band. Their yeah. first album was very, very heavy. Now they're chick rock. and They're they're even beyond chick rock. They're they like mom rock at this point. They were good. All, 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 all those three bands were good. I forgot who the opener was. That's a great show, though. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the action. You guys are doing uh, the... Godsmack show, correct? Yes, yes. Our Rock the Rock Fest, the first time we've ever done this, uh, yeah. presenting a show. Now, do you up. host any of these? Like, do you ever get on stage and introduce? I, I've had the opportunity a couple of times. It's uh, it's uh, a wonderful thing getting up there, getting to do stuff like that, man. You should do your show live from from the Rock that night. That's an idea. I'd rather it do is it Friday. Hey, it is Friday <laughs> night. That wouldn't be a bad idea. You're not off the clock. You're not taking <laughs> off. I'd that's love gotta to. Be the, that's got to be the best. It's a great show. It's Godsmack, Hailstorm, Theory of a Dead Man, Dirt, we're, we're, Dirty Honey, which is a band I just found. Oh, they're great. And, and Dino, you will absolutely love them. You, was, you had me at Hailstorm. And I Dino's haven't seen great. them yet. I love them. Another band on their dinosaur pileup. It was a very cool new rock band you got to check it? out, too. There's so many decks. See, we have, we have this ongoing feud about Greta Van Fleet because I know they suck and he doesn't agree with me. <laughs> But <laughs> hey, listen, I know people love that band. I, I just think they're doing good things for, 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 for live rock. Oh, yes. Which is, you know. Dirty Honey blows this band out of the water. And they sound a lot like Zeppelin, too. They, they got, have a very Zeppelin vibe as well. They but it's more, of a, rock it's more of a rock, like a real rock vibe. Yeah, you'll definitely dig them. Check them out. Now I got, now I got Rolling Sevens playing in my head. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song. It, the other night I was playing it. Uh, yeah, you got to check out Dirty. There's so many. The thing is, like, there are so many great bands right now, and it's just, I think it's a little bit, it's it's easier to find them because, you know, you click on a YouTube video, and then it goes, well, if you like that, you might like this. But it's also kind of harder to find them. You know, I mean, in a way, yeah. If you don't have Sirius XM or if you don't listen to, you know, other forms of like streaming media and stuff, there's really no other outlet because I can remember going back in the day and buying Metal Edge magazine and seeing a picture of a band <laughs> and going, wow, this band looks really cool. And like, I, I did it with Testament. <laughs> I had Edge. no idea what Testament was. I was like, wow, this band looks really badass. And I bought Practice, Practice, Practice Preach. Preach. And I was like, whoa. Okay, but like there was also bands. I was like, "Wow, this chick is really hot." I'm like, "Wow, that's poison." Anyway, Striper, the drummer from Striper. Yeah. I'm sorry. Aside from aside from um, listening to Sirius XM, do you ever listen to regular radio and Scott Station? Of course, I listen to. I, li- I don't listen to too much regular. I mean, I'm I'm getting to that uh, age where I prefer to listen to Ten Ten Winds to listen to the traffic and to listen to what's going on. Oh but I don't. God, I never you, listen to you, regular radio. You are. You are. I'm an old now. man. Yeah, yeah, I'm are. an old man. I don't listen to much regular. radio. Radio. I, I canceled Sirius because I realized I was just paying for it every month and I was just listening to one station all the time. So I cancel it. Now I just I stream his show. Um, it's more podcasts and my my I like to pick my own music. So I put my own stuff on. But uh, yeah, you got it. I mean, iHeartRadio. Check out Scott on, on WDHA yeah, FM. Because again, talk about trying to build an audience. Mm. You know, for, for a new band, like we just mentioned so many bands and like some of these things just got going over my head because, you know, you just you just don't you, have access to you them. You need to get you need to go to a rock concert early when you see it, when you see that there's a show coming around and you see that there's five bands on the bill. You're like, I'm just going to sit in the parking lot. I don't want to see those other bands. Going. Oh, I am. Doing I am guy, in the parking lot. I am guy, just guy, going I, for the I'm headliner. The park, I, if I'm in Madison Square Garden, I'm down the block 
And like they say, oh, see, the concert's gonna start in 20 minutes. Okay, we're gonna leave in a half hour. Okay, and we're gonna do a couple more shots here, and then like, oh, I, I go, I'm ready to go. Well, this is what's great about us is that you know we're you know we get to go to a lot of concerts together. And our first guest, Chris, is the stage manager at Starland. So the day before, I always text him and go. I need the set list. So that morning when he's loading in and stuff, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll see, okay, this band's on at this time. And I know exactly the, the times that these bands are going on. So I'll be like, hey, Scott, we're going to be drinking the VFW across the street <laughs> until three minutes before 10 o'clock. And we just stroll in and seven, boom. They go on 7.55. If we're in there at 7.50, no problem. Exactly. No, but when you see like new bands on the bill and if you don't know who they are, Look them up online. That's the easiest thing to do is when you go into a show and you see bands that you're not familiar with, you look them up online and then, you know, maybe get into the show early and check them out and find I mean, a new band. I did that with Shinedown when I first, I, I knew like 45 and Burning Bright, like the big radio songs, but I never really like went deep into them. And I was actually going to a show to see Seether. I had liked them at the time, and Shinedown was opening for them. There was at Starland again. We should be sponsored by Starland. I've been saying that word about 13 times tonight. It's a great venue. Uh, it really is. Guarantee. I'm going to make you this guarantee. Before 2020 is over, we will have Starland sponsoring this show. Absolutely. So I go, I, go and right. see, I go and see Shinedown, and that was, I mean, again, I walked in, and they, they decimated that crowd. They, this is before Sound of Madness. When they started getting a little poppier, they were okay. still a little heavy. They blew that stage apart. And it was just, Seether came on and started with a ballad. And you just saw the people filing out. Mm. And by three songs in, it was half full. Like, people were just blown away by this band so much that the headliner just meant nothing anymore. I, I will do. I will go to a show. Like we, like we also grew up in the time with Ozfest too. Yes, and Ozfest was a different experience because Ozfest would have like three stages from nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> until midnight. Well, we were also a lot younger when Ozfest well, was going on, and too. we could go. We could go to a show at eleven in the morning, eat breakfast on the grill, yeah. drink, have lunch, and then when go. Ozfest start. Ozfest seven. Okay. Something right. like that was giant. The first one we had in the area was Giant Stadium, Marilyn Manson, Machine Head, Pantera. I saw Ozzy a couple Osborne. having sex right in the middle of the stands at Giant Stadium when Marilyn Manson was on. This chick was so coked out or whatever Ugh. she was. And she just oh. picked up her skirt and he's just railing her from behind. Oh, God. While Manson's playing. And she's just, I, you could tell in her mind, she's thinking, that's him doing it. Like, that's him. <laughs> that's, she made that connection that that was so happening. Disgusting. I, oh, I feel so something like that. Out of Randall's Island, uh, Pearl Jam. Up on the top, and I'm working the show, mm -hmm. okay? And just a couple just just going at it. Ugh. And he just kept walking back and forth. Just, just wanted to make sure they were okay. Yeah. <laughs> just just Cause checking. Because I'm, I'm a creepy guy. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I, I never knew that about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, just some, there's just something, like, like, just so nasty about just, like, having, like, public concert sex. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's disgusting. No, it's no. just so concert. You gotta, you gotta look at it, no? Dude, when you go to a concert, is it just you me? Listen, yes, you it's just you. Yeah, it is. No, <laughs> like, you know, am I the weirdo in the room? Uh, yes, yes. yes. 100%. You go to a concert, you bump into somebody, and you're like, ooh, hand Don't sanitizer. You're like, oh, God, no. That was gross. But that was probably the best time for as far as festivals go because you did get to experience a lot of bands that were I found so many bands at OzFest. Me too. And, and even the Mayhem Festival, you know, opened me up to new bands. And with that hopefully being announced very soon that they're doing something for the Mayhem Festival for the first time in five years. Right. I, you know, I'm hoping there's going to be a, a new opportunity for new bands to get out there and get in front of people. It was cool because in that time frame, too, there was like labels like Roadrunner Records who were really signing 
everybody under the sun, and they were putting them out on all these festivals. So, like, I had friends in a, in a, in a band called El, Ni- uh, El Nino, and they got on there. And then it was other other friends' bands were starting to get on and get bigger and bigger. But then you would see, like, Fear Factory, Hatebreed. Um, I don't think Slayer ever did OzFest, right? Oh, yeah. Did they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Slayer was on the OzFest. Uh, I think Pantera, wasn't it Pantera and Slayer one year on OzFest main stage? That could very well. Be. I, all, my, my main OzFest like memory is like having to wait online for Kerry King to sign my my. Uh, you just said you it was Slayer at OzFest. I waited to meet Kerry King. Right. This is why I hate him. I hate his guts. You know Every time he speaks, I like him more yeah. and more. Shut up, Jeffrey. I had to wait. I was BLS was playing. I was waiting to get my decade of aggression. That little yeah, box the box set. set. And Kerry King was an hour and a half late. For a, just for a signing. Oh, God. And I was like, you know what? I hate this band. <laughs> I really do. I, and I, that's, I'm not that's, even going to remember they played here tonight. Yeah. I, I, I like what, all it takes for Sean to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I've hate him for a long time. It's not, it's not, it's not much. It's no, not I much. Hate him for it's very easy. It happens totally like that. Yeah. Usually there's about six or seven shots of Jaeger. Yeah. Or no, Jameson. Jameson. And uh, about five Guinnesses. And then I really start to hate Scott. <laughs> What shows have you guys seen together? Oh, my God. Better question. How many shows have we not, not seen together? <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're the concert more, people. More than 12? Oh, oh God, yes. I'll, I'll probably Last 100. year. Probably, yeah, but <laughs> I, we're going to be, well, by the end of next year, I'll probably hit 100, I would say. I, I, the one thing, you know, I really miss about concerts is the ticket stub. Yeah. There's no yeah, more ticket stub. ticket stub. Now you print them out at home. Otherwise, they charge you they to send you a real you. ticket. I have, I, like, oh, the ticket I'm stub gonna, was, the, have a gift that was the least expensive thing Christmas. you could bring home from a concert as a oh, memento. Right. And they don't even you. give you that anymore. Now it's a piece of paper that, you know, by the time you go to the concert, you pull it back out of your pocket later and it is just shoot. I used to actually, I still have them in, in, a, in a lunchbox, all ticket stubs going back to probably 93 or 94, up until when they stopped doing them. Yeah. And I had them in this huge, glass frame and I had it hung up in my in my apartment at the time all laid out everything from Pantera to the Cranberries Toe the Wet Sprocket Local H like all these bands I had so so local local H at um at at, at Roseland I saw them open up for Aerosmith. You saw Toad the Wet Sprocket. I love Toad the Wet Sprocket. I don't want to hear it. And I love Rick Springfield. And he's wearing the shirt tonight, too. Listen, I'll take Rick Springfield over Toad the Wet Sprocket. I, 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 I got a backup Sean on this. I'm like Toad the Wet Sprocket. I'm trying also. to help you with the Rick Springfield thing, and you're not going to help me with the Toad the Wet Sprocket. Come on. Yeah. I, I love Sammy Hagar. Me, too. Sammy is a Been big to Mexico to see him. Big fan of Rick Springfield. Yeah. You know, I, one of his biggest hits. We're all agreeing. Okay. Screw Toe the Wet. Why Toe the Wet Sprocket? Why are you going to go with him on this? Because I remember because in the box. I remember in the box. The, the big brown is good. ticket. You know, open up for the Marcy Playground. Come on. Something go, something's Always it's Wrong is a great water, song. Something like that. Walk what on the it? Ocean. Yeah. It's a great I, 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 song. That song sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking your legs out of that. That one I don't like. But Something's Always Wrong. Um, all I Want is a, is a great, great song. Uh, so come on. But We're going to wrap this podcast up now. <laughs> no, 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 listen, that's the thing, though. It was going back in the day, and you're absolutely right. That was a great memento. Yeah. Of, now what they kind of do, too, stubs. a lot of bands do now, which is it's actually a very big money market, is the the tour po- the show posters. Yes. And a lot of bands will do is now individual show posters. 
I know Pearl Jam does them. Primus does them all the time. Primus, yeah, the worst band ever. Um, <laughs> he hates them. Oh, oh I was texting him at the, at the Slayer show. <laughs> Primus opened up for them, and he's all into Primus, and I just think they're hot garbage. Dancing like a fool, and everybody's looking at yeah, me I like. Yeah, they're that bad. Oh, they're horrible. No, really? Yeah, yeah, we're not back, great we're, we're back on the same page again. We're back on the same page. It yeah. was just Stick with oh, me. Forget about horrible. Total Wentz Rocket and just stick with me. It, it was just I'm bad. I'm going to have to deal with them every week. Yeah. <laughs> but they do, um, They a lot of bands do these individual posters now. So, like, again, Primus does them. They're really great. Tool's doing them now, too. Uh, yeah, it's all about the money. Of course. Um, well, that's how they have to be not making money on records no, anymore. Who the no. hell's buying it? You remember tour programs? You remember getting that? A big glossy uh, book of photographs sure. that somebody took? The first one I had and the only one I had was Kiss. First concert I ever went to. I saw have big, giant. Yeah, things like huge. Yeah, just like, wow, photographs of the band. Because right. I only had that little camera. You go <laughs> click, sh- sh- click, you know, the yeah. little flash on the top. Oh, wait, let me flip it over. Yeah, Kiss, Striper. And there's one other sitting at the house somewhere. I forgot what it was, but I know I have one from I Kiss I want to throw my phone at you. I hate Striper. Dude, that was the first concert. Ugh. That was the first concert, man. Ugh. Striper with Ugh. Hurricane opening up. Na, 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 na. No. I'm Now what I do is when I go to these concerts, if they do have the tour poster, I buy them. And you've been to my place, and my whole hallway is lined with all these posters. I mean, I got them from Lady Gaga in Vegas, Chris Stapleton, Pussifer. Gaslight Anthem is very big on that. But the thing what they do is they only make like 100 for the show. And they sell for gigantic money on the aftermarket. So you buy them for like twenty five bucks at the show, or you thirty bucks. Some people like will framed, no, no, just loose. And then I buy the frame, mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, a lot of people will buy autographed ones, but they go for like a hundred, two hundred bucks. Like I, I, I spent an idiotic amount of money to get a Primus autograph poster. What's it was, a, what's it was, an idiotic? It was like Seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish. You're like, I'm pulling out the credit card. Tell me how much you spent on this. Yeah. It's going it's to determine how hard I punch you in the face. <laughs> I think it was 100 bucks. You paid $100 That's for that a fine. Primus poster? It was, it was an autograph. It might have been 75 Autographed, though, right? Yes, it was autographed. Worth it. Because I think they were doing like 40 for, uh, you know what? It was 40 without 75 with the autograph. Now That's I like That's $72 I too much. I would have done I, the same thing. It, it was Halloween night. I've never met all of the members of Primus in the same place. I've only like seen them sporadically and been like, hi, well, you just know. walk into the Walmart when they're greeting them when they're oh, not God, touring. That's horrible. That's horrible. That's rude. That's rude. They, they, they do the South Park thing. Yeah, and I hate the South Park theme, too. It's freaking horrible. I'm just a hateful person. I do. I hate a lot of stuff, people. I'm not going to lie. I'm a hateful, I'm a hateful-filled person. But like Toad the Wet Sprocket. I yes. like so that they're relaxing. It brought me back to a very nice point in my life, 1995. It was rocks. It was chill. It was high school. 95 was listening to Pantera. And- so was I. I was in the pit of Pantera, but I was also a Toad the Wet Sprocket and the Cranberries. That's I'm diverse. Oh, I like the Cranberries. You're allowed, I'm to, diverse. You're allowed to be diverse. It's yes. quite okay. But yeah, it, it isn't like like Zombie and Disarm by Smashing Pumpkins are the exact same song. It's the exact same song. Is it really? Yeah, if you listen to the chords, it's right. the exact same song. Hmm. It's just strummed, check that out tonight. It, it's just strummed a little differently. Well, then, I think that's not, just about every song. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're not really... No, but it is the, the exact same chord changes. Oh, Listen, uh, Hair of the Dog by Nazareth, right? And Day Tripper by the Beatles is the same exact riff. Yeah, okay. No, note for note, the same exact riff. No, we're not, no one's fucking changing the wheel at this point. You know what I mean? Like, no one's reinventing anything like that. It's all the same shit. Well, the ba- the baseline in Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You and 25 is 624 is the exact same baseline. I don't the listen exact- to Chicago either because I, uh, I like pussy. 
So okay, Chicago sixth grade. My brother had nobody to go with. I went. Chicago is. I like like, early Chicago was amazing. No, I like old Chicago. I like look away. I like uh, you're the inspiration. That's not early Chicago. No, I said late Chicago. That's the kind of stuff I like. I don't listen to like that whole deep fucking '97 piece band bullshit. Oh, it's great. No. no. Oh, that's great. You don't like twenty five six two four. No. And you don't think, dude? You are Terry. Please, Scott, help me. Terry Kath, great guitar player, one of the all-time greats. Who? Terry <laughs> Terry Kath. I saw that coming a while away. Oh, you guys. Uh, listen. Now I just got double teamed. Listen. By, I, by, by the worst double team I, I, I've, I've seen Chicago. I went to go see him. Like I said, that was like uh, sixth grade or something. My brother had somebody bail him. He was like, you want to go to a concert? I'm like, yeah. So I could go back to school and go, I went to a concert. You know, yeah, exactly. who was it? Chicago. You know, it was fifth, oh, sixth yeah, we grade. Went to, we went to shitty concerts. It we was great. Too. It was fun. I remember we were talking about this the other day. I saw a culture club with the Beach Boys. That's a weird combination. Right? I, I remember that as a little kid. But like, that was, again, the same thing. Oh, you weird walked in, combination. You know, like, yeah, little kid was. last summer. Who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I had to, re, I, I had to re-go, re-go back to my Coca-Cola roots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this we're up, I think. Up. We, uh, this is a great episode tonight. It was fun, I'm man. not going to lie. Really? This is a lot of fun. This is weird being on this side of the whole I thing. Know. Like, I, when I know. When he asked me to do this, I'm like, how do, I, how do you go in front of, I'm like, Okay, like it's just kind of weird being on this side of the the, the table. I guess well, you could it's say. cool too because you know you do have a great voice for radio, but when you're doing rock radio and you're introducing songs, you're only getting like thirty to ninety seconds in between the songs sometimes too right. when you're doing your set. So th- this is a little more laid back, and you know when me and Jeff. You know, we're talking about doing this, and we decided to start it. You were actually one of the first people I thought of to Thank bring you, on man. the show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, tonight. It's never going to happen again. Probably not. But. <laughs> Um, so listen, give them your, uh, give them your social media plugs and, uh, Scott evil on, uh, Instagram. I think mm-hmm. it's Scott evil on Instagram. What is it? Scott evil, WDHA, Scott evil, WDHA, Scott evil, WDHA on Instagram. That's uh, my best place. And of course, uh, metal mania on WDHA on Facebook. What day of the week? Is, do you, uh, every do you... Friday night, metal mania, 11 PM to 1am. And then when you're hungover and you wake up Saturday morning, I am back on the radio at 10 in the morning. Oh, wow. So I go until yeah. 1 a.m., I come home, I take a nap, and I'm back at it at 10 a.m. rocking and, up. And you're busting his balls about not going out on Friday night contests. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not easy. He's not, happy. He's not a happy person on Saturday night concerts either. <laughs> Saturday night concerts, just give me a couple of shots and a coffee, and I'm pretty good to go. <laughs> but, yeah, every Friday Wait, that, night, 11 to 1. Com- that's a comics lifestyle, too. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're miserable people. Without the paycheck. A C- couple of shots and coffee. That, that's no, I'm one of those comics that actually makes money. That, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. I, I'm, I'm just, oh, you're making fun. Okay, I got I'm you. I'm pooping on myself there. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. If you're, not in, if you're not in the Jersey, North Jersey area, uh, you can listen WDHA. You can listen on iHeartRadio. You can get it all 24-7. WDHAFM.com. Yep. Definitely easiest way to go. Just stream it right through the website. Or if you got iHeart, listen there. Just listen. It's fun, I promise. And I give away stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to our next episode. Yeah, uh, we are we are back in two weeks, and then big news: we're going to start doing this starting March every week. Nice. Okay. And we get to me and Jeff get to bash each other for an hour weekly. Now I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I got to say, I it was a pretty even match tonight. It was. Yeah, I, guys, went, I went very light. Jeff, Jeff's a little. <laughs> you were very Jeff's polite little, this evening. No, no, Jeff's a little. Um, Fragile? He, he gets, yeah, it's a little fright. He gets, he gets I'm hurt. Sensitive. Yes, I'm very he's sensitive. very in touch with uh, his yes. Chicago side. Just so you know, some of the contests I have coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, in March I have uh, sticks at, at the Beacon. Oh, okay. I, I, I have air supply at um, at uh, 
at the St. George Theater. Sorry, I couldn't even uh, no, no. well, when you said air supply. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I'm a married guy. Okay. And if you have a choice, let me ask you, if you had a choice, choice, you're married. Okay. If you have a choice between going to see some rom-com or at least a live music, what are you going to say? Rom-com. Rom-com. If, oh, you if you're between uh, sticks and air supply? No. 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 I'm going to see I'll live take, music I'll, and no. musicians and stuff. Listen, I've seen Bauhaus like 17 times over the past 17 yeah. years. <laughs> no. Or Peter Murphy, at least. I, I, I always tend to go for the, for the music. Like, look, even like, you know, the Friday night, I have no plans. Lauren Hill's playing in, in Montclair. I might go see Lauren Hill. Like, I'll listen. That's I'll good, see, I'll see anything. You know yeah. what I mean? So, it's not air no, supply. I agree with that. It's not, it's not air supply. It's that's not air supply, though. They have a couple of good... They have a great Jim Steinman cover. Listen, we made a great show out of nothing at all tonight, guys. <laughs> so... <laughs> guys, thank and you for... With that, Scott just left. Scott leaves the building. <laughs> thank you for checking out the episode. Next episode, we have uh, from That Metal Show, Don Jameson, great comedian, and uh, great singer-songwriter, Cassidy Catanzaro, formerly from Antigone Rising, coming in. Might be can't performing wait. on the show, too. I can't wait. And uh, we got some great... Great episodes lined up in March, so thank you for checking us out. Hit subscribe on iTunes. Uh, spread the word as much as you can. Give us five-star reviews on there. They're already coming in. Uh, we're getting emails from people wanting to come on the show, which is great after only two episodes. So keep spreading the word. We're, we're going to keep doing this as long as you keep wanting us to do it. So thanks for checking us out. Jeffrey Paul. Good night, everybody. Thank you again. Sean said it all. And Scott is leaving the building right now. <laughs> See you guys later.